Somebody might have had their lips on that one. I don't know. I'm going to need a water if somebody don't mind. Uh, Thank you, sir. Open your Bibles to Matthew. Everybody's there, say amen. If you can't find Matthew, you need to get down to this altar. You hadn't been in church in a while. Matthews and Genesis ought to be a given. Y'all know exactly where that is, amen. Let me read to you. Verse 1 through 9. I didn't tell you that. Matthew 5, verse 1 through 9. Amen. Amen. One day as the crowds were gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and his disciples had sat down and he began to teach them. I would like to have been there that day. I mean, like to have been there that day. Can I ask you a question? Look at me. Look at me. How many feel his presence in this church? He is with us today. So we're on that mountain. We're on that side of that mountain today. This is a learning opportunity for you, young and old. If you won't talk, if you won't look at your cell phone, if you won't check your Facebook, this is a learning opportunity for you. Jesus is here this morning. I came in this morning with Brother Vic. We were looking at some things, but on the inside I was praying and asking the devil to leave this place, and Lord, let your spirit fill this place. Matthew 5, verse 1. On one day as the crowds were gathering, Jesus went up the mountainside with his disciples, and he sat down to teach them. This is what he taught them. God blesses those who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is given to them. God blesses those who mourn. For they will be comforted. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly. For the whole earth will belong to them. God blesses those who are hungry and thirst for justice. For they will receive it in full. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will sh and surely be called children of God. I want to stop right there. What Jesus is telling us this morning He's telling us about a blessed attitude. Let me ask you a real question this morning. Do you have a blessed attitude? Do you have a blessed attitude? What would your family say about that? What would your husband say about that? What would your wife say about it? Let's get serious. We're in a teaching moment. This ain't a clapping, laughing, joking moment. What would your family say about your attitude? Would they say you have a blessed attitude or not so blessed attitude? What would your coworkers say about your attitude? Would they say you had a blessed attitude or a not so blessed attitude? What would your children, children are honest, Jack. 
We had a kid over in our youth program not long ago. She stood up right in front of the whole youth and said, pray for my daddy. He always cusses me out. Her daddy's in church every Sunday. I felt so terrible for her and him, mainly him, because she was honest. You cuss your kids, I pray God washes your mouth out with soap. However, he's got to do it. Would your kids, would your wife, would your co-workers, would they say you have a blessing? See, it got quiet in here. It got real in here real quick. Because they know you better than I know you. They know you better than the ones that you go to church with. Here's what Jesus is telling us, and he's telling the crowd. He's telling us to have a blessed attitude. It got me to thinking about a blessed attitude. And I want to say this. You have to have a blessed attitude if you want to survive in this world. You have a blessed attitude today? You have a blessed attitude in your marriage? You have a blessed attitude with your friends and family? Do you have a blessed attitude? You had one when you was dating him. When you was dating, you was, whoa, he calling. Oh, he's on the phone. You break your neck getting halfway across the phone. If you grew up in my era, we didn't have cell phones. You got the phone off the wall and you got the cord. And if you got too far back, oh, she on the phone. Don't let me drop that thing. Run over there, You had a blessed attitude when you were dating him. Remember when you didn't have a job? Remember when you were, you were scraping by and you didn't have nothing? You didn't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out and some man gave you an opportunity, somebody blessed you, and you were so blessed, you were so grateful, but now you've been there five years, now you've been there ten years, now you've been there twenty years, and your attitude is not such a blessing to those around you. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I preached a couple weeks ago. I said, man, there's so many people out there needing jobs. If there's anybody grumbling and complaining about their job, I pray they get fired because I know some good people really need one right now. So when you wanted that job, you had a blessed attitude. You showed up, man, your hair was cut, your clothes were tucked in, you looked good, you felt good, you smelled good. And, and that's a plus on a job is to smell good. I'm just plugging those that don't like to bathe. Start bathing. Touch somebody and say, start bathing. I'm just checking. I don't want to leave nobody out, man. It's a friendly church. It's a real church. You look good. You felt good. You had a blessed attitude. What about this? Listen, what about this? You had a blessed attitude when you joined my band. You had a blessed attitude when you come running into my office and said, Preacher, I want to be a part of your ministry. What about your attitude today? Do you have a blessed attitude? We're sitting on side of the mountain, and Jesus is here with us, and he's teaching everyone that the secret to life is having a blessed attitude, to having a teachable spirit, to having a blessed attitude. But there are so many people that walk around with their head on the ground like chickens that they can't see the opportunities that are before them because they don't have an eagle-eye vision. They're too busy plucking the ground to see where God really wants to take them. I was thinking about that. Let me ask you a question. Because it sure got quiet in here. I better pray. Let me pray because I want you to come back maybe. Every head bowed and every eye closed.
I pray, dear Jesus, to search our hearts. If there's anything wicked in us, get it out. If there's anything that is not of you in our hearts this morning, get it out. Let us remove it right now out of our hearts. If you are open your eyes and I'm praying, you're the one that God is speaking to today. Change our wicked hearts, Lord, that we may be changing our attitude. Father, I thank you for this service and these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Developing and having a blessed attitude has a lot to do with forgiveness. I was mean and ugly most of my life because I was carrying all this bitterness and anger around from what my mama did to me. So one day God put me on stage and the first message I ever preached was on forgiveness. And I stood before the Lord in my prayer closet and in my living room and I said, God, how can I preach this message to an audience when I don't believe in forgiveness? You see, because people don't understand forgiveness. Some people think forgiveness is for them, but it's not for somebody else. Some of you in this church believe that forgiveness is for this person, but it's not for this person. God is saying, look, I want to bless you, but it's about forgiveness. It's a blessed attitude. If you want to have an abundant life, you've got to start shaking things off, letting go of some stuff. Quit holding on to offenses. Quit holding on to offenses. If you live any part of life, if you're living life today, you're going to get offended. You're going to get offended over and 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 over again. The blessed life, the blessed life has to shake off those offenses right away. He talks about the offense. He says, blessed is the one who mourns. There's no sense in sitting there mourning. You've got to shake that off. He says, get away from that. He said, God blesses those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Okay, you had something happen to you. I understand, God says, but get up. I'm going to comfort you. This is a whole lifestyle. This is a whole lifestyle. I couldn't preach to a church in, in Axtell, Texas about forgiveness until, I, until God got my heart right. I could understand that my soul was saved, but I knew my mama was going to hell. We can understand that, Miss D, that we're saved, but maybe your enemy needs to go to hell. Is that right? It is not God's will that your enemies go to hell. You may have told somebody to go to hell, but you need to repent and start praying and asking somebody to forgive you for what you thought. You may have not said it in your mouth. You may have had your church clothes on when they offended you. But in your heart, if you're holding on to an offense, it's going to steal and kill and rob all of the blessing. This is Jesus talking. This is not Mark Grimes this morning. This is a message that God gave me. I've been working on this message. I've been preparing this message. I missed out on my son's bull riding this morning to give you what God wanted you to have. Forgiveness. Why do we have trouble giving it? Why do we have trouble receiving it? Why do we have trouble believing that forgiveness is okay for me, but it's not okay for them? Some of you believe that God could forgive you, but he'll never forgive your neighbor. God could forgive you, but he can't forgive your ex-wife. 
He can't forgive your ex-husband who divorced you. Another thing I was thinking about, listen, follow this in this little mind. We live in a society, we live in a society where people celebrate those who give unforgiveness. And it's become the norm for Christians to follow suit. We live in a society, say society because that's a big word for me. We live in a society where we celebrate those who are strong and bad and, and, and beating up people and, 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 and standing up and, and being mad all the time. Jesus taught on the mountain. Jana, you got to get this. Jesus taught on the mountain that if we're going to have an abundant life, then we got to learn to have a blessed life and shake off those offenses that come our way. But we live in a society, we live in a society who celebrates people who give unforgiveness. The harder you are, the tougher you are, the more unforgiving you are, this country celebrates it. You want to make the news? Go out and kill five people. You want to make the news? Go out and shoot up a school. You want to make the news? We see it all over the place. Last year, I was at the auction buying some cars. They came in and gave the news that one of the guys from a local dealership here had an employee come in, and they had some words that morning, and he came in that evening and killed the guy. The guy was a buyer up here at America's Auto Auction. They came in, they made the announcement on the loudspeaker. Everybody knew him. Everybody knew him. People were crying. People, they stopped the auction. This guy got offended, and not only did he take another man's life, he also ruined his life. We celebrate that. We put that on the news. Look at here. There were seven, seven black guys and seven white guys and seven Spanish guys, and, and they, they celebrate the offense. How come we don't hear the good news? Huh? Somebody followed me this morning. How come we don't celebrate forgiveness? Forgiveness is, is a tough well, I made a stand. I stood my ground. Yeah, you stood your ground, but you ain't got no job anymore. Boss was running his mouth to you on Tuesday. You got mad. You, you got all mad. I don't I hate that son of a gun. I hate him with a passion. I, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go in his office. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to tell him what I think, and I'm out of here. And you get in your car, and you start your car, and you drive home, and you feel good that you told him off. But then Friday... It's payday, and you got no job, and you got no money. But if you'd have had forgiveness, if you could have shut that offense off, if you could have let it go, if you could have said, maybe they were having a bad day too. If you could have said, well, he's, he's pretty good to me five days out of the week, maybe the six days of the day he just flipped out. But I'm going to keep my job because I got to eat. Maybe you'd still be married if you weren't so mad. Maybe your marriage would be good today if you weren't so mad. Maybe you're holding on to offenses of something that somebody done a long time ago. Today is the day of letting that go. Maybe, maybe, maybe your blessed life is on the other side of the stage, but you've got to shake off the offenses. 
I don't believe that you can get all that God has for you out here while you're holding on to the offenses of the past. Because it don't work that way. God wants you to let it go. Touch somebody and say, let it go. I see people all the time, and I'm that way sometimes too. This message is, is just as much for me as it is for you. I'll cut them loose. I'll walk away from the problem. I'm a strong Christian. No, I'm not a strong Christian. Sometimes I'm just a mad Christian. And I let my anger take root in my heart. And I miss out on my blessing. Somebody ought to hear me this morning. Some of you are not talking to such and such. And some of you are not fellowshipping with such and such. And some of y'all are not doing this because you're too busy grumbling and mad. And you were offended. If you live long enough, you're going to be offended. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, that's all right. I needed some holy water and a drink. If you live long enough, you're going to be offended. Over and 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 over again. Mary made me mad this morning. Justin brought his girlfriend over. I was mad about that. I was still in my shorts and no shirt. Well, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. Can't you get somewhere else? Can't you meet her at the store? I had to change my attitude. Didn't want my whole family to get in one truck and drive across town. And the last memory of me was that, that, that I gave them attitude. So I prayed for Dalton, and I only prayed for the truck, and I prayed for the girlfriends, and I prayed for everybody, and I sent them off. That'd be the last memory if God was ready for them or ready for me. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a back and forth thing. You're going to learn something if you'll hang on one minute. I'm not in no hurry, so don't get in no hurry. You're going to learn something this morning if you'll pay attention. Listen to me. Listen, you've got to grasp this. We live in a society where we see for forgiveness as weak. We grumble. We celebrate people for their angry. Anger and intimidating people is something that is celebrated. But the truth is, it takes a lot of strength to forgive somebody. It takes a lot of strength. Who believes me? Who believes me? Touch somebody and say it takes a lot. It takes a lot of strength forgiving somebody, letting it go, holding on to bitterness and anger and hurts and disappointment and disrespect. It becomes toxic. It breaks heart. It robs joys. And eventually it will kill you. I have a preacher friend. He went in the hospital the other day. A friend of mine from here in town. They said he had 70% blockage in his heart. It was a silent killer he had. The doctor said, you too stressed out. He took a look at his ministry. He took a look at his life. And he took a look at this verse. And he said, I'm not living the blessed life. Because I'm holding on to what she said on Sunday. And I'm holding on to what they did to me on Wednesday. And I'm, and I'm holding on to what happened last year. You got to shake it off. You got to let it go. You got to give it to God. Some things are so big that I just, I just have to let it go and give it to God. Because I don't want to stay on the ground like a chicken. 
I don't want to stay on the ground and peck around. I want to soar like an eagle, and I want to see the things that God has for me. I want to see the things that God has for my ministry. I want to see the things that God has for my family. So I have to get my eagle eye. Listen to me. I have to get my eagle eyes out, and I got to let the offenses go. I got to quit arguing with this person. I got to quit fighting with this person. I got to quit bickering over here. I got to. I want to see all that God has for me. So I got to get my eagle eye vision. See, small thinkers will never grasp the concept of big thinkers. It'll be all right. Small thinkers are never going to get this message. I thought that was a spider for a minute. Don't touch nothing. Big thinkers have big forgiveness. They can see the big picture. They don't fight over the petty stuff. They don't argue over the stuff that ain't going to amount to nothing next week. Some of y'all are hanging on to your marriages by a thread. Some of you are hanging on to your relationship with your kids by a thread. Some of you are hanging on to your ministries by a thread. Some of you are hanging on to relationships by a thread. Because you're too busy standing on the ground, having your head down, wanting to fight about this, wanting to fight about that. You've got to have an eagle eye vision. You've got to have a vision that says, you know what, I can see above the rest. I can see. I'll never forget, I was a mediator for Rainbow International for a while. That means when people got, got, got in problems with somebody in their house, like say we remodeled your house and you didn't like it, and then you didn't like the company and we were trying to settle things, they, we, was, we was mediators. There was an office project that was done for the DeWire group. And the DeWire group actually owns the franchise company that owns the restoration company. And the restoration company that was involved in this didn't do everything right or didn't do everything the way that they wanted. And there was a lot of bickering and a lot of fighting and a lot of, a lot of cussing and a lot of screaming and a lot of shouting. And it came to mediation. And they asked me to come to mediation because I was over some of the restoration projects. We went in this meeting, and there were heads of corporations there. There was five or six suits and ties there. And, I mean, this meeting got heated. They was cussing. They was screaming. They was shouting. And, I mean, this meeting was ugly. And all of a sudden, Pat said, all right, it's 12 o'clock. Let's go to lunch. I mean, we was in a heated meeting. But we was all hungry. Pat knew that we're going to work this problem out. Pat knew that things were going to work out or we could stay here and fight. Sometimes you have to let go and let God. Pat knew if we stepped fighting that maybe Jack would quit, maybe Ronnie would quit, maybe Mark would quit, maybe these people would feel offended and they would go home and maybe put a gun in their mouth and shoot themselves. Pat was the smartest one in the meeting. I mean, and he was the most argumentative person in the meeting. And at 12 o'clock, he said, let's get some lunch, guys. Where y'all want to go? And at lunch, it was peaceful. We ate till 1.45. Went back in the meeting. Everybody was mad again. This went on for three or four weeks. At the end of it, everybody was happy. 
But if any of us would have quit, if any of us would have stopped, if any of us wouldn't have been looking with our eagle eye to try to get the problem solved, to try to get the situation situated. You see, because I want to say this to you. Listen to me. Forgiveness is a big idea. And small thinkers, they can't grasp it. But you can't let them hold you down. Forgiveness is a big idea for big people. You can spend the next 20, 30 years angry. You can spend the next rest of your life not doing anything for God because you were offended. Or you can say, God, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to trust you. I got so much I got to live for. I want to be remembered for so much. I want to see so many people come to know the Lord. Ooh, let's try this. Bam. No net or nothing. No net, no net or nothing. I'm good. Leave it alone. I'm good, brother. Thank you. Some people cannot forgive. They're too small. They're too petty. They hold on to petty stuff. This is a big idea for a big person to forgive. Forgiveness is a big idea for people with eagle eye vision. Someone who can see a big picture. Someone who can say, I know the need. You hang on to me. Don't you get bored with this. So I'm letting this offense go. You're mad. You got mad. You stormed out. Yeah, you stormed out, but you ain't got no job. Yeah, you stormed out, but the kids ain't coming over for Christmas this year. Yeah, you stood your ground, but you ain't got no money no more. Forgiveness is a big idea for big people. Don't blow it. You see, what God told me about having a blessed life is you got to be quick to forgive. Touch somebody and say, be quick to forgive. Hey, shake somebody because they're not listening. Say, be quick to forgive. Listen to me. Listen to me. Somebody's afraid to shake somebody. Shake somebody. Say, be quick to forgive. Shake them. Maybe their false teeth might fall out. Shake them. Whatever you got to do. There needs to be a shaking in your spirit today. There needs to be an awakening in your spirit. If you want a blessed life, then you've got to wake up to this. Jesus taught this. Listen, I'm done. Listen. Jesus taught that it was attitude of forgiveness that would allow you to have a blessed life. Jesus is teaching the blessing plan, the blessed attitude plan. Jesus said when your attitude is a certain way, you can walk in a supernatural blessing. But if your attitude is wrong, you'll never receive a blessing. One thing that Jesus taught that they don't teach in church, Jesus taught his disciples that offenses will come, they will come, they will come, they will come, they will come. You'll get offended at school. You'll get offended at work. You'll get offended on the football field. You'll get offended on the motorcycle. You'll get offended before you leave church today. Offenses will come, I promise you. Who's ever been offended? Raise your hand. Who's holding on to some of those things? Let them go. Let them go. You can raise your hand. Let them go. Let them go. If you avoid life, you will have no offense. But if you want to start living life, you're going to have offense. They will come over and over and over and over again. I don't know if the check's going to come. I don't know if the mail's going to come, but I can tell you this. If you're out doing something for God, offense is going to come. It's impossible to hide it. 
hide from it. It's impossible to dodge it everywhere you go. It's impossible to run from it. You must understand your ability on how to handle offense will determine your life for the next 30 years. Write this down. Write this down. Write this down. If you've ever wanted to write something down that I've said, you see me on Facebook, I'm quoting stuff. Write this down. I'll sign it for you before you leave. Ready? Say amen. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance. If you can't toler nothing, tolerate nothing, then you're not going to get promoted. If you can't handle stuff, you're not going to be promoted. The CEOs, the managers, the ones that make the big bucks, they're the ones that handle the problems. The one, the heads of state, the ones that are in charge, the ones that are over these ministries at these church, they handle problems. They handle offenses. They handle things. They've learned to shake it off. They've learned to let it go. They've learned to go to lunch at 12 no matter what's happening. They've learned to get up on their own two feet and keep walking no matter what's going on. You see, if you want to make big bucks in this world, see, you can't have what I have and I can't have what you have, but you can have all that God has for you, but you've got to learn to tolerate some pain. You've got to learn to tolerate some pain. I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about emotional scars. Because I got them. And you've got them. Somebody real with me this morning. Somebody amen real with me. You've got these emotional scars. And if you want to have an abundant life, if you want to have a blessed life, you either got to just go back to the hole that you come out of or you got to trust God today. If you want to have an abundant life, you got to step out from underneath the rock, push the rock out of the way, and trust God today. Somebody get this this morning. God will promote you to the level of tolerance. At the point where you can't handle, you lose your promotion. <laughs> People lose their promotions when they can't handle the offense. People lose their companies when they can't handle the offense. People lose their marriages when they can't handle the offense. People lose their friends when they can't handle the offense. People walk away every day unto the unknown, back into the hole where they came from. I'm so God, glad that God reached down in that hole and pulled me out of it. Somebody ought to celebrate that, that God reached down into that muddy, dirty, filthy place that you were at and, and grabbed you up. And now you're doing something, and now you're somebody, and now you feel good about yourself, and now you're offended, and now you're losing your blessings. Shake off those offenses this morning. If you can't take it, listen to me. Write this down. Woo, this is good stuff. If you can't take it, he won't promote you. God's not going to bless your life, your money, your friendship status. If you can't take it, he's going to bless you to the, the tolerance of your pain. Your pain tolerance, what you can handle. In the corporate world, the one who gets paid are the people who can handle the most problems. 
You can't be the executive and not handle stress. You can't be the manager and not handle stress. You can't be the preacher and not handle a multitude of what God brings to you. I would love to have all those people that says it's easy to be a preacher come take my hat and put it on for a week. Biggie, you want this thing? Anybody want this? Come take this hat. Put it on for a week. Oh, I'm not doing a very good job, but I know the one that can help me get the job done. But thank you for that. Really? If you think your boss's job is easy, you're out of your mind. If you think the preacher's job is easy, you're out of your mind. If you think the youth pastor's job is easy, you're out of your mind. If you think the arena leader's job or the motorcycle ministry's job or whatever you're into's job is easy, nothing's easy. But you're promoted to the tolerance of your pain. Life is short. I learned yesterday that I've already lived longer than Jesus lived. I'm 44. Jesus lived 33 years. And the longer I live, the more I'm going to be offended. So if I'm going to have an abundant, blessed life, then i got to shake off this offense. I wonder who would go with me on this vision, on this journey, with this mindset. Listen to me, I'm done. You cannot run a business if you can't handle problems. You can't be a preacher if you can't handle problems. There is nothing worse in this world than putting a little person in a big position. Ah! Somebody ought to receive that. Are there any business leaders in here? There's nothing worse than putting a little person in a big position. They get Napoleon complex. They walk around with their chest stuck out. They got the look, but they got the wrong attitude. They push you around. They shove you around. They treat you like a dog. There's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with a big thinker being in a big position, but a small thinker in the big position, there's going to be headaches. There's going to be strife. There's going to be trouble. They walk around with their chest stuck out. They look important, but they never get anything done. They fail at everything. They cause problems because they're always hanging out with chickens and trying to get offended. Jesus is teaching here the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to read it one more time. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of God is theirs. Let me, let me elaborate. I'm going to stay till 6. Get a hold. Get a hold. Get a hold. You know how you want to get a hold of a horse or a bull when he's bucking? Get a hold of this. God blesses those who are poor. So if somebody owes you money, let it go. You can make more money. Somebody's robbed you. Somebody's cheated you. Somebody done you wrong on a deal. Let it go. God blesses, it says right here, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So if you were offended because somebody cheated you, then listen to me right now. The kingdom of heaven is yours if you let that stuff go. Does anybody not believe that? I believe it. People owe me, I don't chase them down. People owe me, I don't go chasing them, running them down, saying, you owe me a nickel. I'll make me another nickel. I'm not worried about that. I'm not going to let the offense bother me. I know somebody that won't talk to somebody right now because they borrowed $50 from them and it ruined a great relationship. You shouldn't have let them borrow $50 if you didn't give it away with the right heart to help them in the first place.
God blesses those who are humble. Okay, watch this. Let me talk to some humble people. They're okay not getting a pat on the back. They're okay not being in the limelight. They're okay not being on the stage. But they're working just as hard as anybody else. You don't see what half the people do in this church. Because half the stuff that needs to get done gets done when you're not here. But they don't say, look at me. Now, there's a group of them that do all the time. And great is their reward on earth. But the Bible says this. God blesses those who are humble and they will inherit this earth. Humble spirit, man, a blessed life. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for for justice, for they will be satisfied. You're always wanting to get justice. You're always, listen, you can't fight or win a battle because that's God's job. You can't get nothing done. That's God's job. Somebody hurt you. Somebody offended you. You're out for justice. You're out for blood. You're only destroying yourself. Somebody grab this. You're only destroying yourself. I know somebody that hurt somebody the other day, and they were just so upset about it that they almost quit the ministry. They almost quit the church. They almost quit their quit talking to them. I said, please don't. If they done you wrong, God will take care of it. If they cheated you, then God's going to give you justice. Who believes that? It may not happen in your lifetime, but it will happen when their lifetime is over. Because they will stand before our maker. I went to death row. I went to death row and watched a man get executed a couple years ago. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life. The hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life was going to death row. And watch a man get executed for a crime that he committed. They were giving him the lethal injections. And the warden said, you have any last words? And he stuck his own neck up on that table off that table and he said you're putting to death an innocent man you're putting to death an innocent man and the warden just did this and man it was all over but you never heard another word from that guy but the guy was accused of killing 11 year old girl raping her and torturing her burning her body and putting it in his couch they convicted him they had the evidence they had all the proof the only, thing that, the only thing that they didn't have was a confession. And even on his last dying breath, he was still lying. He went before judgment. He went before justice. Do you understand that? You're going to go before justice, and I'm going to go before justice, and I'm not going to be able to, to do what God can do at that moment. But I believe that the truth was recorded. And I believe in all my heart, if that man hadn't made peace with God, he's burning in hell right now. If he hadn't asked for forgiveness of his sins, and if you hadn't asked for forgiveness of your sins, and you die, you're going to burn in hell. English, easy to understand, but so hard to swallow. I'm done. Listen to me. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. You know, I don't do everything right, Bobby. I don't do everything like they do at Second Baptist, and I don't do everything like they do at Mims, and I don't do everything like they do at another cowboy church. But everything I do is with a pure heart. And the mistakes I made, I made them with a pure heart. The mistakes I make today, I still make them with a pure heart. Who makes mistakes with a pure heart? 
you have good intentions, you have good motives, you you spoil you. I wish I would have thought that. Ah! But boy, I want to see God. Blessed are those who have a pure heart. So I know if I made some mistakes and my heart's pure, I'm going to see God. They may stone me, they may put me up on a cross, but whatever happens to this old body ain't going to happen to this old soul. Let it go. I'm done. Let it go. Somebody owes you some money. Let it go. Somebody didn't do you right on that horse deal. Rayford, let it go. That saddle they sold you had a broke tree. Go get you another saddle. They got to live with it that they sold it to you in a broke tree. Let it go. Brother, how do I do that? Please tell me, Brother Mark, how do I do that? By trusting in Jesus. By believing in him, that he can help you. Maybe you were molested as a child. Let that go. Take Jesus by the hand. You can't hold on, you can't hold on to your past hurts and try to receive your future blessings. They were ugly to you at the party. Shake it off. You weren't invited to the wedding. Let it go. My wife's family had a party the other day, and everyone was invited but us. She was tore up about it. Why don't we ever get invited? I said, well, maybe they'll be drinking, and maybe they'll be having stuff. And maybe. Nobody invites us. I said, people invite us all the time. Well, they never invite us. I said, honey, shake that off. Let's invite them over. Let's invite them for Christmas. Let's invite them for Thanksgiving. Let's, let's have the eagle vision. Let's, 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 let's be the first ones to do it. Let's not worry about what they've done to us, and let's do something good to them. Let's shake off the hurts and the disappointments, and let us see things with our eagle eye. Boss wasn't so good to you last week. Be good to him this week. You was holding on to something last week. Let it go today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I've done everything I could do, Lord. The rest is up to you. Lord, I've said everything you wanted me to say. The rest is up to you, Lord. Lord, I promise. I've done everything I can do. I've said everything I can say. You're here today and you need to let some things go. Maybe some past hurts. Maybe something somebody did to you this morning. Maybe something somebody did to you last week. Maybe something somebody did to you 25 years ago. Come grab hold of this ladder with me today. Get up out of your seat right now. You need to let some stuff go. You need to shake some offenses off. I know we all can't get here, but maybe we can put our back on somebody on the hands of somebody who's touching this ladder. And you're coming today and you're saying, Jesus, I'm letting these offenses go. I'm crawling up out of the status to, to, to where I'm a chicken, and I'm going to start soaring to where I can see what you have for me to see. I hope somebody understood what I was trying to say. Let it go. Every head bowed and every eye closed, let it go. You're mad at me, let it go. I'm mad at you, I'm going to let it go. You reap what you sow, brother and sister. You're mad at God? Let it go. God didn't hurt you. 
God didn't forsake you. God didn't do that to you. The devil robbed you. The devil stole from you. The devil tried to destroy you, but it wasn't God. God has a blessed life for all of us. Come right now. I'm going to do it one more time. Come right now. Don't leave out of here offended. Shake it off. By coming and putting your hands on this ladder, you say, preacher, you say, God, I'm climbing up where I can see how God wants me to see. I'm not staying on the ground anymore. My ministry is bigger than this. My love for you is bigger than any offense. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day. If there's anybody here that needs to pray and ask you to come into their heart, pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. I'm going to serve you from this day forward. And I'm going to let go of all the hurts from my past. Father, I'm here to receive my blessed, abundant life today. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're here today and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, maybe start over. Maybe back up and punt, grab a hold of this ladder and say, you know what, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've been a Christian a long time, but I really hadn't served. I want to, I want to be a part of God and His work. I want to rededicate my life to Him. I've been mad. I, I've been mad. I've been mad for 15 years. I've been mad for 25 years. I've been mad for years. There's no joy in my life, preacher. If God is talking to you, rededicate your life today. Say, Lord, come that I might find joy. Come into my heart. I love you, Jesus. I don't want to live like this anymore. Maybe you're addicted to something. Maybe you're addicted to pills or painkillers or maybe you're addicted to alcohol or, or maybe you're addicted to pornography. Maybe you're addicted to, to drugs, of methamphetamines, and you don't want to live that way no more. The blessed life is yours. I wish some saints were up in this place that would believe that with me. Rededicate your life to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you today. I'm going to serve you from this day forward. Father, thank you for our time together. And we can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Put your hands together and give God a praise in his presence. Give God a praise in his presence.